This is a Kitty Pod production. Hey gang, Jason Bull here, host of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. And I certainly hope that this podcast finds you well, that you had a great Thanksgiving on Thursday, or this past week, whenever you listen to this, and that you had a restful holiday weekend. This podcast is going to drop sometime today. I'm recording this on Saturday, November 26th, 2022. On November 26th, 1922, Charles Monroe Schultz was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. And he was the creator of a beloved comic strip, Peanuts. And it's one of my favorite comic strips of all time. In fact, it's the favorite in my book. Garfield comes in a close second. So, in honor of this historic occasion, I'm joining in the tributes by presenting an old episode of the Kitty Pod that I recorded back in November of 2018. Dug this up from the archives, alias my Google Drive, and this is one I'm going to present to you right now as a bonus episode. So, thanks as always for listening, and I'll have a new episode of the old Kitty Pod out next week. But for now, strap in the Wayback Machine. And listen to this. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. This time on the Keep It To Yourself podcast, we're talking Peanuts. I said Peanuts. The comic strip. Plus all the usual BS. All that and less coming up. But first, this. Truman's a master of the trip snap. Bob Bitchy back for a snack. Kinetic nine in the biz match. Green corn got the street snap. We be riding fast cars. We all in the glass jar. Chrome all on my crash bar. Block all in the snatch bar. We be riding fast cars. We all in the glass jar. Chrome all on my crash bar. Hey man! Welcome to episode 62 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. The man of the hour, woo! Too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you once again, finally, from the rolling and wet hills of Saratoga County, New York. I almost said snow covered. That's not for a while yet. Let's hope that way. It is Tuesday, the 6th of November, 2018. Election day here in the United States. Midterm elections going on here. I'm going to go to the polls later on. Take my dad with me. More on him in a bit. Not sure what we got for a topic here. Let's just say we got nothing. We got like a big pile of junk for you this week. The Super 6 is ruling the roost. More on that later. The Super 6 pigskin picks, that is. But right now, let me get my social media out of the way before I get myself in an even deeper hole than I am now. You can follow me on Twitter at 518 underscore bull. I almost gave out my Instagram by accident, which by the way is Jason underscore 51838. That sound you heard was a chair creaking. Bet you're glad to hear that after a while. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page to take a look at. That's where new episodes go once I put them out there. That's the social media home of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. 
And of course, there's always the world's loneliest email, which I really should stop plugging because nobody really uses email anymore. It's kitypod at gmail.com. So you can send me your feedback that way. I have a couple of shout-outs here that I want to get to at the beginning of this here podcast. And I have a very special one, too. And it's to a good friend of mine, Frank Sicari. As this past week ended, I went onto Facebook after coming home from my long day's work. And among the top of my uh, notifications on Facebook, because you have this option now on Facebook, where you have close friends, you can see their stuff first on your feed. Well, on this particular night, I heard from Frank that he's had to go off gluten. He's had to, you know, do away with that on his diet, or in his diet, I should say. And, of course, on hearing this, or reading this, or whatever, I got kind of sad. I was like, I was fearing for his life. So what I did was, I just texted him, and I said, Hey, listen, if you need any support, and you need anything, just let me know. Well, you need to talk. I just lend my hand in concern and friendship. Frank, I know, is a loyal listener of this podcast. He also helps run the Franklin Alley Social Club and, of course, Talk House. He and Heidi, more on Franklin Alley later, by the way. A lot more. And I just can't see life without one or the other or both. So, Frank, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, I just want to say that uh, you have my support. It's going to be difficult. I'm sure Heidi has your back, too. And, of course, i got to give a little sly shout-out to Apple Podcasts this past weekend. Apple Podcasts decided to hit the reset button on both mine and Cease Beeson's podcast, as they're both owned by Podbean, or not owned by Podbean, hosted by Podbean. Hello. Hello, Earl Clark. Anyway, Saturday night, I was at home, as I wanted to do at my age, and all of a sudden, all the episodes that I thought were lost on on Apple Podcasts, all of a sudden came back. Not just my podcast, but Cease's podcast, Beast on the Road. So I'm happy to say, you can get full archives of both this and Cease Beast's podcast, Beast on the Road, on Apple Podcasts now. And speaking of podcasts, I gotta go back to Cease Beeston here. He came out with an episode since last we got together. He interviewed his brother Rick. That almost sounds familiar. Some great stories there, especially when the Popo gets involved. There's also Heidi versus the World. That's Heidi Sakari, Frank's wife. She hosts her own podcast. She hasn't come out with another episode. I don't know. I just want to keep plugging away. You can go through the back catalog. She's a busy woman. Cut her some slack, Jack. Or Jill. Or whomever. And of course, there's also the Break It Down show. Pete A. Turner had himself a week, huh? A lot of treats on Halloween week. Four episodes. Count them four. Came out for your ear holes on their feed this past week. The latter half of which dealt with quantum physics. So if that's your bag, you are well sated, my friend. So check out all those podcasts. Put those over. Tell your friends about them. And tell your friends about the Keep It To Yourself podcast as well. I haven't done that in a while. If you're listening, you like what I'm. He- you like what you're hearing, you dig what I'm doing, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell those in your circle. Hope you enjoyed the Halloween episode I put out last week. I really had to rush to get that thing up and 
on your feet and in your ear holes in time for Halloween. That sound can only mean one thing, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for yet another installment of Tales of Franklin Alley. Last Wednesday night was Halloween night, so it was kind of a spooky atmosphere at Franklin Alley Social Club. Yours truly, as advertised and as mentioned on this podcast, went as the dude from the Big Lebowski. And we came out on top yet again, despite the fact that there were 24, count them, 24 teams that played trivia that night. 24 teams, Jerry! To say it was a well-attended affair would be stating the obvious. As it was Halloween night, many of the attendees came in costume, as did yours truly. My friend Aaron came dressed as Peg Bundy from Married with Children. I wasn't sure who she, she was dressed as. Parmy said, oh, let me guess, Kate Pearson of the B-52s? Nope, it was actually Peg Bundy. I stayed behind later than usual as there was a costume contest right at the end. I was originally just going to go home after trivia, but I decided, you know what? I'll stay for the costume contest even though I was going to leave my dad worried sick. I'm like, why is he going to come home? I know it's Halloween and all, but... Well, both me and Aaron participated. The third person of our trio, Dan, decided he was going to bounce. His Bush League psycho stuff. Laughable, man. <laughs> I would have fucked you in the ass Saturday. I'll fuck you in the ass next Wednesday instead. Woo! You got a day Wednesday, baby! Well, we both entered and we lost out. We lost the grand prize to a group costume. I don't know how old these people are. Oh, yeah, they're millennials. Never mind. They came dressed as characters from Disney's Emperor's New Clothes. So a group took home the grand prize. However, I did note a ravishing redhead was dressed as a vampire queen. She was quite the looker. And the judges, and by that I mean Frank, Heidi, and also the guy hosting trivia, and one of the workers at Franklin Alley, they saw fit to give her one of the consolation prizes. Not the booby prize, but you know, she placed in the money. She placed on the podium. I had some regrets for nights afterwards, not wanting to, you know, chatter up. Despite me being a man in my mid-30s and somebody who I have to be Almost, but not quite considerably younger. Sorry for vetting my personal life on this whole podcast, this whole story, but just the same, I had a great time. It was an outstanding Halloween, and I expressed that to my teammates and also to Frank himself the following night. So there you go right there. We will be back the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, not the night before. There's not going to be any trivia, and plus all of us are going to be busy with the holiday, as will yours truly. I'll get to more of that later on this month. This has been Tales of Franklin Alley, not out of its element since 2018. And it was a pretty good story, don't you think? Made me laugh to beat the band. Well, I figured that was a great way to get the vanity portion of this podcast underway. I kind of buried the lead, or at least uh, relegated this to now. But my dad went back to work yesterday after getting the all clear from his neurologist to go back to work. He's just taking it easy. He's not going to go on the long road trips with the guys for work like he had been up until his little medical emergency. So that's why it's all quiet in this house. I've been sneaking it on the road, but it's great to be back in Bullet House, the home recording studio, instead of being on the road. I just want to say thank you for your concerns over my dad's health. He's feeling better, thank goodness. And there you go right there. And also a quick mention, a little shout-out to Anne-Marie Guglielmo, 
This past week, she had the formal opening of her new liquor store in Saratoga Springs entitled By the Bottle, B-Y the Bottle. Give it a little plug here. It's on Spring Street in Saratoga. It's right across from where the public library once was. Now Saratoga Arts and Congress Park's in that area. Short walk from the parking garage on Spring, you know, it's on Putnam Street between Phyla and Spring Street. So you got a little easy access to Phyla Street, easy access to Congress Park, the Big Red Spring. Not the Big Red, that's the track. One of the springs there. And it was a quiet Sunday and... I was like the only one literally in the building. Well, Anne-Marie was there running the show, such as it was. Gave me the grand tour, in air quotes. And it was great seeing her again. I had this planned out. I couldn't make it because of prior commitments. And by that, I mean my work. But I was happy to see Anne-Marie again. Hopefully, business does pick up for as we get into the run-up to Thanksgiving. Just a couple of weeks from right about now. And, of course, the holiday season, too. People were coming in for libations. So good luck to you there, Anne-Marie, if you're listening. And that, in some left-turn kind of way, takes us to the main topic of our podcast, at least this episode thereof, and that is peanuts. No, not the food. No nut allergies here, ladies and gentlemen. But we're talking about the comic strip peanuts that ran for many, many years created by the great Charles Schultz who passed away in 2000. Peanuts the comic strip launched on October 2nd 1950 and there were no Sunday strips for another year and a half. It wasn't until January of 1952 until that started and for just about half a century it was a staple of the funny section or at least that what it was called at the time the comic section of many a newspaper, not just in the United States, but throughout the world, until Charles Schultz's passing in 2000. Just think, he barely made it into the new millennium. Of course, the comic strip was so successful, it spawned a good deal of merchandise, it spawned many a television special, which I was very fortunate to watch. And like that. Of course, when I was a kid growing up, I always dug the animated specials. Back in the day, they aired on CBS, and that was until 2001, when for some strange reason, it went over to ABC. They got the rights to air all the peanut stuff, like Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, etc., etc. Kind of a surprise move there. Charles Schultz was not alive to see that one. It was kind of like when Jim Henson passed away back in 1990. Unbeknownst to anybody at the time, he was looking to sell the Muppets off to Disney. But Jim Henson passed away, and well, they wait until he uh, up and kicked the bucket and left this mortal coil until that happened. Peanuts continues to run in newspapers, as they say in reruns. It's pretty unprecedented to just let a comic strip go like that for years after the creator has left this veil of tears. I was 17 years old. I was a junior in high school when Charles Schultz made the announcement that he was no longer going to do the Peanuts comic strip. Three days into this century, this millennium, I have this clipped away there. This is back in the day, folks. This is before the internet became what it is today. So I clipped out the last daily comic strip, and I also clipped out the last Sunday strip, which coincidentally ran in newspapers 
sometime like mere hours after he passed away on February 13th, 2000, at the age of 84. Oh, he was 74, excuse me. I aged him out 10 years, so I apologize for that. My appreciation and love for the Peanuts comic strip started when I was in 5th grade. My mom had all these videotapes lying around. That's how long ago this was, kids. And, of course, there was one tape which had all the holiday specials. Charlie Brown Christmas was cheap among them. There was also the Grinch. There was also the Bank and Rat. Bank and Rats? Hello. Earl Clark number two. Anyway, the Rankin Bass version of that was the night before Christmas, the stop motion version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman animated with Jimmy Durante. He was the narrator in that whole deal. And of course, there was also like Happy New Year, Charlie Brown. All the great specials. I have some of those specials on iTunes. Charlie Brown Christmas, Chief Among Them. I also have. The Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and I remember that aired on CBS, I think one year, I think they aired that either in primetime or they aired that before the the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game. They had the rights to the NFC. P.S. More football talk to come, but let's get peanuts out of the way. Speaking of football, well, there was a tie. There was Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown. He was trying to kick a field goal. And I remember in a playoff game, this is the Dallas Cowboys speaking, going back to that, Tony Romo trying to hold the football, that ball got away. It almost reminded me of all the times Lucy pulled the football away from Charlie Brown just as he was getting ready to kick it up through the uprights. Well, Charlie Brown, in my opinion, he was like the sympathetic figure. I mean, Lucy was always pulling the football away just as he was getting ready to kick it. He had this baseball team. He couldn't get anything right. He kind of lacked self-confidence. A Boy Named Charlie Brown. That was the first feature-length Peanuts film I ever saw. And how artfully designed it was. Almost trippy, almost surreal and to a point. That was kind of my foray into trippy, kind of surrealist filmmaking. Not unlike Francois Truffaut. Alright, well I must not know much about my film. But kind of got into that realm of filmmaking and film auteurism. And thinking back on this, I also got the books too. Well, I didn't have any of my own, but I remember when I was in, in junior in high school, I asked for the uh, Peanuts, uh, Peanuts Treasure, like the first 50 years, like 50 years of peanut strips, and down cellar at our house, we have the 60th anniversary book somewhere. I don't know if I brought that up last summer. I think it's probably still down there for all I know. And I also remember checking any type of peanut books out in the library of our school. Brought them back, of course. So I was really big into the merchandise, the specials. Peanuts, for some reason, was my favorite comic strip. It still is to this day, even though it's no longer in circulation. My favorite active strip is Garfield, but that's a whole other story for another time. Other than Charlie Brown, there were also the great characters. He had Snoopy. He had kind of this great imagination, a Walter Mitty-esque persona, like he was a World War I flying ace. Who could forget that? The great author. It was a dark and stormy night. And, of course, Woodstock, the bird for whom that music festival in upstate New York was named. And a whole bunch of others. I came into the Peanuts game about a good three decades after what's considered the Golden Age of Peanuts. 60's right on through about the mid 70's. 
And there's also the TV special that I mentioned. Charlie Brown Christmas introduced me to jazz, the Vince Guaraldi Trio. And of course, every Christmas doesn't go by, every holiday season, I should say, doesn't pass without me having some Vince Guaraldi Trio in my playlist, going through my ear holes to get ready to celebrate the season, get in the spirit. Well, all good things must come to an end, and on February 13th, 2000, as I mentioned, just mere hours after he passed away, Charles Schultz's last ever strip appeared in Sunday newspapers throughout the world. Charles Schultz, seemingly from beyond his newly made grave, wrote the following to the dear readers of the Peanuts comic strip, of whom I was one, to which he wrote the following, and I quote, Dear friends, I have been fortunate to draw Charlie Brown and his friends for almost 50 years. It has been the fulfillment of my childhood ambition. Unfortunately, I am no longer able to maintain the schedule demanded by a daily comic strip. My family does not wish Peanuts to be continued by anyone else. Therefore, I am announcing my retirement. I have been grateful over the years for the loyalty of our editors and the wonderful support and love expressed to me by fans of the comic strip. Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy. How can I ever forget them? Turns out he didn't have much of retirement. He only lasted like a month and a half before he up and left this life. Peanuts, in one way or another, still lives on. And thankfully, nobody has been able to fill Charles Schultz's shoes. Try saying that three times fast. To continue on with the strip. Because, you know, he, she, they would put their own stamp on it. And just completely ruin the complete legacy. That's what, you know, the whole thing about reboots and movies, comic books, television shows, all these shows and movies coming back and reimagined. It only works in, like, the Marvel DC realm, and I don't tend to be an authority or an aficionado. I recognize the craft, I respect the hustle, but I think new original ideas can really come into the marketplace. It's one thing to have reboots, but let's get some original ideas in here. Peanuts was a great comic strip, never seen before, never be seen again, except in reruns. God bless you, Charles Schultz. As I mentioned earlier, one of the gags involving Charlie Brown was Lucy pulling the football away from poor old Charlie Brown. He was trying to kick the football. Thankfully, except for one week, that fate has not befallen me in the Super 6 Pigskin Picks. And this is how we're going to end this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. For the uninitiated, this is where I take six games total from that weekend's college and NFL action. So before we get to your official plays, I just wanted to say last week in football was not the best by any stretch. Sure, there was some excitement. That Rams-Saints game, whoo boy. It was kind of ick. So much so that I went to Saratoga. I did not watch one minute of the first half of any of those, um, any of those games, at least on television. I remember driving back from Saratoga just having uh, something to listen to. I'm like, oh, Sirius XM. Thank goodness for that. They co-opted some of the comedy channels so they could make room for all the NFL broadcasts. There was like an NFL game on Raw Dog Comedy Channel, Sirius XM 99. I listened to part of the 
end of the first half of the Steelers-Ravens game, which was the only exciting game out of the early slate. Even when they were close, they were still terrible. I have to agree with Tony Corners on that one. Surprisingly, Michael Wilbon didn't give Tony a call saying just that. But we're getting away from the main topic here, and that is the Super 6 pigskin picks. Before we get to the official plays here, just want to review the records. Straight up, I have a record of 39 wins, 14 losses, and 1 tie. That gets me to about a 73% win percentage. Against the spread, not as high, but still just as handsome. A respectable 36 wins, 17 losses, and a push. That's good for a 67.3 win rate. So with all that technical aspect out of the way, here are your official plays. Maestro? We're going to start with Carolina and Pittsburgh in Thursday night game. Wait a minute. Aren't there any college football games you're interested in this week? Well, I just had a look at the slate. I'm sorry. There just weren't any. Nothing really tickled my fancy. So it's going to be all NFL this week. Now, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. It's Carolina-Pittsburgh to open her up here. Thursday night game. The Steelers are at home. You got James Conner straight tearing it up in the backfield. Le'Veon Bell, forget about him. Uh, he's got to come back pretty So I think it's this coming Tuesday or else it's a lost season for him. But despite all that, I'm going to say Pittsburgh plus the five points they're favored by. All right. Second game, run of the Sunday slate, ladies and gentlemen. It's the New Orleans Saints fresh off their upset win over the Los Angeles Rams, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The New Orleans Saints, they found themselves in an, what I like to call an Admiral Akbar type of game. It's a trap! That's for all you Star Wars fans out there. The Bengals are going to win, but I think the Saints will do just enough to cover the four and a half point spread. Game number three on the slate, uh, here's a familiar team, the New England Patriots traveling to Nashville to face the Tennessee Titans. Bill Belichick versus one of his old protégés, Mike Vrabel, won them all those Super Bowls last decade. Titans are on short rest, it's a must-win situation for this team. It's going to be a cover for the Titans, even though the Patriots will ultimately win out, well, because they're the Patriots. Doesn't get any more succinct than that. Alright, number four on the slate. The Indianapolis Colts coming off of their bye week taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, likewise. It's a must-win situation in this game for the Jaguars. Kind of a Royal Rumble type of game, if you will. A little battle royal situation. Whoever throws who over the top is going to be out of the running in the AFC South. Well, according to this reporter, see ya, Blake Bortles. Take Indy straight up. Fifth on the slate here, it's going to be the Green Bay Packers hosting the Miami Dolphins in the soon-to-be-frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. The equally frozen Green Bay Packers, it seems, are coming home to face the Dolphins. I don't know about you, but the Packers look mortal all of a sudden. You had all that success with Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a game where Mike McCarthy's no longer going to have his gig after this game. Besides, if you lose to the Dolphins, you deserve to be fired. Donnie, you're out of your element! So I'm going to say, pack your bags, hit the brakes, don't let the screen door hit you on the way out now. Dolphins straight up in this one. And finally, and I certainly mean that, Sunday night football in Philadelphia. You better get your cheese steaks in your world race, because the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions, are going to host the hated Dallas Cowboys. 
at Lincoln Financial Field. It's sure to be an electric environment. Well, this is a little trifecta here of fire coaches and past their prime quarterbacks. Assuming in Blake Bowles' case he even had a prime. I think this is going to be the end of the line for Jason Garrett as well. Philadelphia by six. That's the line. They're the favorites. You know what? Take the Eagles plus the points. All right, get ready for a long recap here. So to sum it all up, Pittsburgh plus the five points against Carolina on Thursday night. Cincinnati covers over New Orleans. Tennessee covers against the Patriots. Indianapolis straight up against Jacksonville. Miami straight up against Green Bay. And Philly plus the points against the Dallas Cowgirls. Well, that about does it. Wraps are all up. It sure does, Sam Elliott. This brings to an end episode number 62 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I've done that many? Doesn't seem real, does it? Well, anyway, you've made it to the end of another episode of this here podcast, this little dog and pony show such as it is. I certainly thank you for listening. Never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. When you get a chance, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called nowadays. We're also available on SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, Podbean. And over the weekend, I decided to make the jump onto Spotify. Wish me luck on that front. So thanks as ever for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, got a little special coming up for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to give it away. Just put it up there. Maybe something you haven't heard in a long time. Let's just put it that way. I'm not giving anything else away here. But anyway... Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you next time. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. If you're out tonight, don't forget if you're on your bike, wear white. I know that you will. Yeah, well, to do the binds. Hey, Clavis, wake up. It's your Oh, yeah, kick it. This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world.